Welcome to Ixnay, the podcast where we take a deep dive into the shallow end of the electorate as a means to gaming the 2020 election to our advantage. Turn on, tune in, vote out. Hey, all right. While podcasts aren't normally described as action-packed, we've got a surprise for you today. We'll be offering a behind-the-scenes look at our sigil magic call to action. On the off chance that you haven't noticed a disturbance in the force, I'm proud to say that shortly after releasing the Sapina Colada song, we made a conscious choice to embrace chaos magic. Yep, that's right. We invited the occult to interfere in Donald Trump's re-election. Like our song, sung by Harmar Superstar, we created a sigil explicitly to ensure the defeat of Donald Trump. And as a bonus, everyone, anyone, and that means you, can use it. First up, the charming Professor Mayoko on the hows and whys of sigil magic, then prolific author and world-renowned expert of all things occult, Gary Lachman, with the historical who's and what-ifs of conjuring up a worldwide magical resistance. And last, but hardly least, the actual witches, Shane Bugby and Miss Lillian Lux, who created and powered the Ixnay sigil to an incredible opening weekend, as they say in the biz. Lots of police activity at the home of Brad Parscale, who once worked for the president. It's stunning news. The president of the United States now confirming to the world that he and the first lady of the, of the United States have both tested positive for the coronavirus and they will quarantine. In short, you're not going to want to miss one minute of episode 13, Super PAC Hocus Pocus. One final point to align the stars. While Ixnay may or may not have been the first political action committee to bring occult practice to American politics, we only did it to counter the destructive chaos magic Donald Trump has been practicing on us these last four years. So let's dig in. Welcome, Professor Mayoko. Very good. Thank you for pronouncing it correctly. Well, I was watching a little bit of the Giro d'Italia this morning and listening to them speak Italian, and I thought, I've got to figure out how to say this right. Earlier this year, you guest edited a special issue of Novo Religio, which is a peer-reviewed academic journal focused on the study of new religious movements and the subject of magic and politics. In it, you wrote about witchcraft as political resistance, particularly in response to the election of Donald Trump. Can you tell us a bit about what happened and why Donald Trump has become such a catalyst for magic? So um, what happened? I became interested in witchcraft as political resistance. Well, first of all, I've always been interested in the political aspects of many things. So throughout my career, um, I have never seen any form of expressive culture, which I specialize in studying as existing apart from the larger socio-political and cultural forces that surround it. So the second piece of this is that I have been studying modern pagan witchcraft for about the last 30 years. So I already had an interest in movements that define themselves as modern pagan movements or modern witchcraft, neo-pagan witchcraft, Wicca, all of that stuff is under that modern pagan movement umbrella, which includes a lot of other new religious movements as well. Uh, But what I saw happening immediately after the election of Donald Trump in 2016 and going into 2017 was a resurgence of 
uh, of political magic, of uh, people inside the magical community using magic um, in various ways, not just against Donald Trump, but actually the first things that I saw, the first uh, spells that I saw were spells to protect American democracy, spells to protect the vulnerable, to protect the environment, to protect immigrants, to protect people who, um, who it was already clear were likely to be vulnerable uh, under a regime headed by Trump and Republicans. So I started seeing those spells really just a few days after the election in 2016. But when it really came to the fore was early in 2017, after the inauguration. First of all, during the uh, Women's March, I saw um, a number of women dressed as witches. I saw a resurgence of the group WITCH, uh, Women's International uh, Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell. It's kind of a, a, a fun name. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, a sarcastic name. I, I need to listeners to know that is a sarcastic name. And it is a group that was Understood. started in the 1960s um, by feminists who wanted to use the image of the witch to galvanize resistance against the patriarchy. And they died out in the 1970s or died out. They kind of went went underground. They, they didn't see them anymore. But I saw them again at women's marches um, in January of 2017. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. And then soon afterwards, a viral uh, spell, a spell created by Michael Hughes, by magic worker, Baltimore magic worker, Michael Hughes, to bind Donald Trump went viral. And that's when I started thinking, okay, there's more than just one thing here. It's something I need to pay attention to. So that's when I started kind of systematically looking at these magical responses to the 2016 election. And these magical responses have, for the most part, continued uh, right up to the present time. So rather than fading away after one or two instances we've seen, for example, continued presence of WITCH at Black Lives Matter marches, uh, you know, throughout beginning in May of this year and then uh, continuing, especially in cities like Portland and Seattle. Uh, we've seen uh, Michael Hughes continued, uh, you know, spell to bind Donald Trump continuing. It occurs every uh, month at the dark of the moon and the Facebook group now has over 5,000 members. People work virtually. Uh, they work, uh, you know, separated from each other. And this has worked out very well during the pandemic because these people right. don't need to get together face to face. But there's a sense of community in that everybody is, is doing this spell at the same time, even though everybody is doing it individually in their homes. Um, one of the things that people who study magic have noticed is that magic is generally what uh, James Scott calls a weapon of the week. What do we mean by that? What we mean is that the regimes in power, the political elite usually do not use magic to achieve their means because they have many other means to achieve what they want, their ends. For example, uh, violence. Right? For example, the threat of violence. So the military, uh, the military police agencies like ICE, uh, like uh, Customs and Border Patrol. So who uses magic? It is generally the people who do not have those kinds of 
means or the access to those kinds of means to make their uh, will known. So historically, if you look at who used magic, it was often people on the margins of society. So the poor, women, um, teenagers are very attracted to magic because they're at the bottom of the social ladder and have very little access to power. When you think about even the Salem witch trials, they started because some teenage girls were fooling around with magic to foretell who their future husbands would be. So these are the groups. It is the groups without power who generally use magic to bring about their ends. Now, what happened with Trump's election in 2016 is that groups that had I think taken for granted, not that they had power, but that there were people in the halls of Washington who generally had their interests in mind, people who were in favor of the rights of women, people who were in favor of women's autonomy over their own bodies, people who uh, were working towards uh, the rights of immigrants, towards legitimizing the presence of dreamers in this country so that they could have a path towards citizenship, uh, people who thought about the environment, uh, who thought climate change is real, you know, to be working with other nations internationally towards solutions uh, to things like global climate change and global warming. Uh, suddenly, these people realized that they had no voice in Washington anymore that they had nobody to work their interests. And so a kind of shock and panic set in. And I really do see the magical responses to the election of Donald Trump as coming from this feeling of disempowerment and of anxiety over very high stakes issues. Yeah, fascinating. People who are just kind of on the outside looking in, they're willing to try almost anything, even probably people who are not practicing witches or things like that are like, yeah, let's just create a visualization. This whole idea of positive thinking is a way to kind of move people. Exactly. And in fact, one of the things that you said is very true. Um, what we saw with Michael Hughes' spell is that it attracted people from outside the magical community. I mean, one might expect witches, particularly witches from already politicized traditions like ecofeminist witchcraft, to do large political rituals, which are which have a lot in common with protests because they are performances, right? right. To, um, to sort of publicize their cause, to make, make manifest their cause. We would expect this, for example, at protests or at other places where people would get together in the before times, before the pandemic. But what was interesting about Michael Hughes' spell is that it went viral. It jumped the boundaries. Even people who normally did not think of themselves as witches, did not think of themselves as magic workers, thought, well, what the heck? What do I have to lose? Now, the other piece that you need to know about this is that most of the people who are using magic are also using other means. In other words, magic is not viewed in this community as the only thing that you should be doing. Most of these people are also very invested in taking hands-on political action. So these are, these are the same people who are working to register voters, who are writing postcards to, and letters to voters to encourage them to vote, who are volunteering as poll workers and training as poll workers, who are writing and calling their Congress critters you know, weekly or sometimes even daily. These are people who are politically engaged. So it is a piece of what they do, 
But it isn't coming from a point of view of saying, well, all I have to do is wave my magic wand or do this ritual and my will will be done. That's not where it's coming from at all. In fact, what I see is that sometimes these magical communities that um, that start online then gain a, a hands-on component where people are like, oh, are you registering voters this weekend? Do, does anybody here want to join me because I'm going to be registering voters this weekend too? So, you know, or who wants to join me to write postcards for uh, this or that or the other? Yeah, interesting that you say that. It's about amplifying their power, even, you know, in the most basic terms. I heard you say that magic is not anti rational and not inherently religious. But for an outsider who were to see people hunched over, say, the Ixnay sigil, engaged in like a ritual chant to get Donald Trump's presidency over with, it might not look that way. Can you give us like a little bit of an idea of what actually is transpiring when people are engaging in that kind of magic? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, magic has its own internal logic. So um, if you think of magic as an art form, something like a film or a play is also not strictly rational. It's not like a scientific experiment. And yet it can move us deeply. That's why we go to the movies. That's why we um, see plays and seek out entertainment to, to be stimulated intellectually and to be moved emotionally. If you think of ritual as an art form, it works very much the same way. Uh, the point of putting together these elements in various ways is often to move us deeply emotionally or to stimulate us intellectually. Uh, I think in, in this case, in the case of spells against the current administration, it's really to raise a, a certain amount of energy as magic workers say, in other words, to, to galvanize people's will to do some of the other actions that they're doing out there in the real world, right? Um, so magic has its own internal logic and it works very much the way that art does. But um, then the other piece of this that we need to understand is that forms like magic and literature and film and these forms of expressive culture, uh, they work according to not logical consciousness, but something that anthropologists call participatory consciousness. And all cultures have both logical consciousness and participatory consciousness. Logical consciousness is what drives something like engineering or mathematics so that you can build a house, so that you can build a large monument, so that you can uh, create um, uh, uh, irrigation to uh, irrigate your fields. You know, all human beings have access to that logical consciousness, but we also have access to participatory consciousness. And magic, like other forms of expressive culture, work through our participatory consciousness. Um, and that is a form of consciousness that allows us to connect, I would say through our emotions, through our imagination, with everything else in the universe, to see the universe as animated by forces and to see ourselves as connected with those other forces. That's, that's what works, that's how literature works, that's how movies get us to participate. Otherwise, if you were just using your logical consciousness, you know, you'd sit back in front of Netflix and say, well, that's not real. That's a special effect. That's how they got this to happen. These are just actors. They're reciting lines. This doesn't mean anything. But instead, we suspend our disbelief and we get into the series, right? Magic works the same way. We suspend our disbelief. We get into that participatory state, that participatory consciousness, and we participate in that art form. 
What about some historical precedents? Could you? I'd love for you to talk about Dion Fortune and the Magical Battle of Britain because that's a fascinating story that people might know a little bit about from fictionalized accounts, but maybe not. So this is not the first time that magic has been used for political purposes. In fact, magic for political purposes has a long history, a documentable history going back at least to ancient Roman times, ancient Greek and Roman times, and probably even earlier than that. I think it's a human impulse, not uh, limited to a particular historical period. So the example that you asked me to talk about is the magical battle of Britain. Uh, When Hitler was threatening to invade Great Britain, um, and now I believe that it, that was in 1943, I may be wrong, 1942 and 1943, I believe, is when Hitler was mounting his campaign against Britain. Um, the British were, of course, very worried about this, because at the time, it looked like Hitler's forces were winning in Europe. It looked like Europe could fall. And Churchill believed, and many Britons believed with him, that if England, if Great Britain fell, then Hitler would take all of Europe. Um, So a magical worker whose name was Dion Fortune uh, was working with a number of, uh, she was a a member of the, the Society of Light and a number of other magical societies in London. And these people were separated from each other because um, as a result of the aerial attacks against London, okay. many people left the city and were scattered throughout the countryside in places that would be safer. So she was far away from the other people in her magical group. And she devised a kind of correspondence course type of magic, which has come to be called the Magical Battle of Britain, in which people all over Britain who were part of this society would concentrate their energies at the same time on the same day working together and create a kind of uh, shield around Britain that would forbid Hitler's forces from penetrating it, that would keep Hitler away. And uh, this was this is chronicled in her letters and it was later um, it was later published as the Magical Battle of Britain. So you can actually get hold of this and you can read hundreds of letters that she wrote to her followers between, actually, um, they started in 1939, it looks like, and continued until uh, March 1944 is the last one. Yeah, so that's that was that worked very much the way that this internet magic works in terms of they weren't in the same place, they weren't getting together in person, but they all worked separately towards this goal. Uh, Well, here's let's get you out of here on this one, so I don't waste too much of your time. Aside from the article in Novo Religio or the whole volume twenty three issue four, what's a good sort of survey course style book? of people who want to learn more about the association between, say, magic and politics, or any book that you think people should read? In truth, there hasn't been that much done on politics and magic, because they're usually seen as very separate things. Uh, One one that I would recommend is uh, this one by Gary Lackman. It's called Politics and the Occult, the Left, the Right, and the Radically Unseen. Oh, yeah, Gary. Gary Gary Lackman, he was... Yeah, yeah, you know he, who he is. He also wrote about uh, he also wrote about the cult of Keck and uh, these the, these internet meme uh, 
this internet meme magic. I think it's called Dark Star Rising, a mm-hmm. book that chronicled the sort of uh, magic that arose on 8chan and 4chan that practitioners think led to the victory of Donald Trump in 2016. Yeah, kind of the Pepe the Frog thing. And Gary and Gary's also the guy who was in the band Blondie. Amazing. Yeah. Very He's amazing. Multi-talented guy. Th- thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your interest in my work. It's been a pleasure talking to you. The professor reminds me that the world is divided into two kinds of people. Those who like to listen to smart people and discuss interesting ideas, and those who support Donald Trump. And like a magic spell drawn on the back of a voter registration card, Professor Mayoko suggested Gary Lockman, and presto, here is Gary Lockman. Thank you for coming to the show, Gary. I really appreciate your time. Pleasure. We wanted to talk to you today a little bit about the ideas in your book, Dark Star Rising, Magic and Power in the Age of Trump, but I thought maybe the first place to start would be for you to help us understand a little bit about what occultism is. And, you know, I think what's interesting, and I, I have read a number of your books, is kind of how this, uh, what we would call sort of mystical philosophy, has been overridden by science a little bit, but that it does still exist in the world, even if it's like below the fold. Yeah, I mean, the background, I mean, occult means hidden, really. Um, it just means something that's occluded, occluded from sight. When, uh, e- when we have a sort of a, a eclipse, when the moon passes in the path um, of our orbit around the sun, it occludes the sun, it occults the sun. It, so it just simply means something that's not visible and not, not, not seen. And um, it has a popular connotation of sort of, you know, black magic or Satanism or uh, that's kind of the, you know, fringe sort of side of it. But other various kinds of parapsychological things of that sort. But I mean, going back in, in history, it's um, the occult sciences were something that were quite prestigious. You know, people like uh, Isaac Newton uh, right. studied them. Um, and uh, I mean, occult means hidden. Gravity is um, was considered this hidden power. It was considered this occult power at the time that he first presented it because it was like, you know, um, action at a distance. There was no, you know, visible gotcha. medium. So, uh, and we still haven't seen gravity. So, and so in that sense, but I mean, um, with the rise of, um, and Newton was obviously one of the ones who helped us on its way, but, uh, which is uh, ironic because um, he spent more time writing about alchemy than he did writing about gravity or, or uh, all of that. But uh, with the rise of what we, come to know as modern science, um, all that sort of stuff was just considered, well, this is just a big mistake. Um, you know, it was just sort of superstition. It was chucked into the dustbin, but it's remained as a kind of counterculture uh, in a variety of different ways, um, it, through the arts, through culture, through literature, philosophy, scientists, uh, again. So it's it's sort of been this kind of um, taboo area that um, is just you know marginalized all the time and we, we still have a difficult we still have difficulty in absorbing it in some serious way into our own um kind of way we see the world yeah yeah no i think it's fascinating so i guess the question is now how do we see it in the 21st century i know in the book you talk a little bit about meme magic and how the internet affords the availability for things to kind of, well, you don't have to have any sort of secret knowledge, let's say, for first of all, most of us don't have to own the secret knowledge to operate on the internet, but we'd be able to spread an idea on the internet. How has that changed the way that, say, sigils or chaos magic Mm -hmm. could work? 
Well, I mean, the first case is secret knowledge is kind of, you know, um, antiquated idea because, I mean, anything you wanted to find out about the occult, you can find on the Internet. I mean, there's too much of it, really. Uh, you have to have a discriminating taste um, and a, a, a bit of uh, knowledge beforehand so you can you know, separate the wheat from the chaff. And um, that simple principle about using the Internet um, in a magical way, you mentioned sig sigils, and this is these are sort of signs um, that carry a certain magic power, a certain magical energy. Um, they're combined sort of astrological signs, a variety of other kind of mystical symbols, and then they're charged with the magician's imagination and will. But nowadays, um, you can do that on the internet. Uh, and in the sense that, um, well, as we say, it's, it's, it's linked to a development in modern magical practice that uh, is known as chaos magic. And basically that, that's a sort of DIY, do it yourself kind of magic. So you don't depend on the established traditional sorts of forms and you know, uh, getting the, that sigil just right for that you know, sort of magical operation or, uh, having the magical weapons in just exactly the right place and at the right time and so on and so on, you kind of make it up as you go along and you can use anything as, as a kind of um, magical tool. It, it's sort of the same principle as found art. You know, if you're walking down the street and you see something in, 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 in the gutter and what is that? You take it home and you put it on your mantelpiece. It's art suddenly, you know, because you, you put it in a different context and that's the whole, that's, you know, that's Duchamp's urinal and, Andy Warhol's Brillo box and, you know, in a nutshell, but you can do that with the magical uh, thing as well. So in chaos magic, you don't have to use any of the traditional implements. You can use a variety of different things. You can use a fridge magnet. You can use, you know, a screwdriver, whatever it is, whatever you, you, you have at hand. And um, when this first started up, say in the seventies and the eighties, the things that were available were hard copy stuff, you know, books, magazines, right. uh, albums and stuff like that. But now, um, with the miracle of the internet, it's all this um, stuff that's in the cyber world out there. And so that, that's kind of how that became something you could use um, as a magical tool. And what is the principle is that if you sort of make something happen on the internet, it will happen in the real world as well, which is the fundamental principle of sort of sympathetic magic. You, you enact some kind of ritual aimed at some um, um, purpose, and it, it, it has an echo in, in the real world. The reason I, I wrote the book was that um, some people suspected that, you know, some of the alt-right fellow travelers um, around Trump or, you know, cheering him on were somehow using the internet in this way in order to help him get elected. Um, and they, they saturated the, the internet with images of him and Peppy the Frog. That's a whole, you know, long story. I, I, I don't think Peppy's around anymore. I mean, I, I don't even think the people that were involved in the alt-right gang, I don't, I don't see them in the news anymore. So I don't think they're even involved anymore these days. So, I mean, it's transformed from that to where it is today. Uh, but this was the whole idea. And, you know, the, the fundamental sort of magical um, principle that's involved is, well, it, it's based on the psychologist C.G. Jung's notion of synchronicity, when there's something in your head and then something out in the real world coincide in this way that they, uh, there's no causal relation between them, but it's a meaningful one. And, um, and it's so meaningful and so immediate that you just think, what, it's, somebody knows I'm thinking this, somebody knows I'm doing what is going on. And so that idea was like, well, if that happens in the, your inner world and real world, 
why can't it happen between virtual world and real world? So the idea was that they called it synchromysticism, but it's just, a, you know, it's, 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 it's just an internet update of the upgrading of the same kind of idea. So the, and you know, so this was supposed to have happened. So, um, I mean, again, I, I would say the internet is some kind of exteriorized imagination. And in a way it does, it, it, it kind of serves uh, the purposes of what old school occultists and magicians used to call the astral light. And this was this non-material, you know, uh, very fine, or, or if it's matter, it's a very, very fine, fine kind of matter that, you know, is, is uh, susceptible to the magician's will and imagination. And it's the medium through which he, he, he or she can transmit, you know, their, their spells or whatever it is, their rituals and invocations. And now we have something, you know, souped up high tech version of that now. Right. In the, in the book that we've been referencing here, you know, there's a lot of information about esoteric traditions. And I think that's really fascinating. And, but in this case, you know, a, a little bit of what seems to have happened with this Donald Trump chaos magic thing is it's a combination of, you know, positive thinking, creative visualization, you know, meme chaos magic. I mean, I guess the question is, do you think that we, me, could flip the script and get him unelected, and not not necessarily get him unelected, but make him lose the next <laughs> election. Not elected. Uh, well, I mean, I you know that's the you know that's how should we say that that's often the first thing that someone um, thinks of is that you know, assuming that what you're saying. And again, I'm I'm not saying this actually happened. I'm saying that there were people who claimed that it happened. And what made it interesting is that it was also, you'd mentioned the positive thinking. So, I mean, Trump himself is a devotee of positive thinking, Norman Vincent Peale, you know, The Power of Positive Thinking, very, very popular book, still is, but a very, very popular book in, the, in America in the 50s and 60s and all that. Yeah, sure. he, he went to the, the he used to go to um, uh, his services at the church in New York and all that. And so, I mean, that in a way is acting on the same kind of principle, a magical principle that the, the will and the imagination can make effects, can affect things in the real world. Uh, yeah. And so Trump, that's what got me interested was like, okay, these guys are supposed to be doing that. He himself is involved in something that's very similar. And then there was behind that, there were other um, kind of um, sources of, of similar sort of occult, uh, you know, uh, ideas at work. So it was like a, it, it became the first part of a, of a larger puzzle as I followed it out. Trump always struck me. I mean, I was writing the book and I mean, I was never really particularly interested in him. And I was living in New York at the time right. playing music when he was first sort of surfacing and he just was a guy on the post or whatever the newspaper was, you know, it's like, uh, you know, yeah. this guy from uptown with a lot of money. And then I, when I, when I, when I heard that he was running for president, I thought, yeah, he'll get elected. It made perfect sense because, you know, uh, because we live in this time where reality is, you know, re television mimicked reality and now reality has just become this, this, you know, kind of mirror image of, of television more and more. I mean, and Trump is a perfect example of that because he primed for the job he's in now with being on The Apprentice and all that. But anything, but um, I don't know. I mean, uh, in some of my talks and in, um, in Dark Star Rising, I, I do talk about um, people who have, they, they have had to deal with thought forms that they created. I mean, there's, um, there's a uh, Tibetan term called the tulpa, which is a kind of imaginary form that through, you know, long persistent visualization and meditation and concentration goes from being an inner kind of image to actually having a existence out, outside in the you know, physical world. And um, the great um, 
uh, early 20th century traveler, Alexandra David Neal. She tells a story of how uh, oh, she was one, one of the first women in Tibet. She tells a story of how she learned how to do this. And then the tulpa got out of hand and, and, and was running around in the monastery doing all these like sorcerer's apprentice. And the head of the monastery had to come to her and say, please, please, can you, you know, can you, can you rein in your tulpa? Basically, can you put your tulpa on a lease? And she had to spend like six months trying to dissolve it, you know, through through focus concentration. This and and then the, um, the, the other, the other, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, this is the beginning of be careful what you wish for. Right? Well, exactly. Well, well, that, well, that, well this, this is the good first rule of magic. Don't call up what you can't put down, you know. So um, and the, the other form of this thought thought form sort of idea is what's known as an egregore, which is a, a Greek, ancient Greek term for, it's called the watcher, but it's, it's a being, a mental being that's brought into sort of actual existence through the efforts of many people rather than one. So through a group. Ah. And, uh, but the similar thing happens, it kind of gets out of control and then it, be, it becomes where early on it's doing the, the group's purposes it's you know it's it's controlled by the group and but then it becomes stronger and stronger and then it turns the table and it takes over and it just basically is sucking energy from the people in it all the time to maintain its existence i just you know have tongue-in-cheek i say well you know is, is trump a tulpa is he an egregore has he been brought into existence you know because this an ontological joke i make is that as, as i said you know the most popular thing on tele on television is reality and has been now for a while but there's only so much space in that virtual world. And we've put so much reality into it that something had to pop out you know, you. Into, <laughs> our, into our realm. And I said, well, that's Trump. Because he, oh he, he, he was the virtual reality apprentice, the big boss. He wore the overcoat and the tie. He hired and fired, all that kind of stuff. And now he's doing it. And I mean, it's, you know, it, there's an interesting book that I reference in Dark Star Rising um, called From Caligari to Hitler. And it was uh, written in the... 40s by a um, German um, social critic named Siegfried Krakauer. But if you know these early 1920s German expressionist films, like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, or this M, or Metropolis, this Fritz Lang, they all have this kind of sinister figure, um, kind of manipulating things and gaining control. And the, uh, another one is are, are the Dr. Mabuza films that Fritz Lang um, uh, made in the 20s and 30s. And they're about this kind of evil mastermind, a kind of Dr. Moriarty, a German Dr. Moriarty, who's just controlling everything. And this guy, Krakauer, what he said is that this primed the German people for, for Hitler and National Socialism. They had this image and idea of this leader, this powerful figure who controls everything and this kind of network of you know, uh, informants and agents out there. And so, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not, you can stretch it too far, but I just thought, ooh, see something similar, is something similar like that happened with, with Trump, kind yeah. of not on the same grand scale as the great, you know, Fritz Lang <laughs> filmmaker, but, you know, on, this, on the smaller, but perhaps more effective scale of, of television, you know, and that kind of yeah, thing. It is, and so he's, yeah. he's, made, he's made the transfer. And this is all part of this junction we are at now where reality and the, the simulation of reality non-reality, virtual reality have all come together and they're switching sides, you know, they're, they're getting into the other lanes and all this kind of thing. And that, that's the main thing that, that struck me is that there's the magic side of it. That's only one part of this general kind of trend in which realities become unstable and the whole idea of realities become unstable. And the, the other, one of the other avenues of that is, is, is in the academic world. 
uh, with the rise of movements like deconstructionism and postmodernism that have been gleefully taking apart the notion of any kind of stable uh, reality in the in in the academies for you know decades now. Yeah, I, I do. Th- you know, when you think about that Norman Vincent Peale thing, and I was just when you were talking, flashing to the idea of Trump saying that the virus is going to go away. That if he just keeps saying that enough, that it might actually go away. It's just kind of funny. Um, or uh, just keep saying I'm immune to it, or you know, whatever you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one of the things that's interesting is we we started this super PAC. Mostly because we thought it, not because we thought it was ironic, but we thought super PACs are bad. Why don't we just start one to get rid of Donald Trump, right? This is the whole purpose of this. We're not really here to empower anyone else. So we were just going to try to work our own little bit of magic on it. So Mm -hmm. lo and behold, uh, these two witches, Shane Bugby and Lillian Lux, came to us and said, we'll design a sigil and we'll start to power it to not to get him voted out of office, okay? There's some, obviously, whoever thinks of it can have its own thing. So they designed it and they made the little videos of things that we didn't tell anybody about it yet. We were go- we were prepared to, right? And then right then he got the coronavirus and I thought, oh man, we better, <laughs> I don't think we should say <laughs> well, anything. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, this yeah, might be that case of well, the cat getting out of the bag that I'm like not prepared to defend. Well, the thing is, you know, the, one of the again uh, could be. I mean, this is when the the people were doing the peppy thing, and when mm-hmm. um, Hillary Clinton showed up at uh, what was it a 9/11 uh, memorial or something like that, and then she was suddenly kind of struck Double. ill, and they thought, oh, bang, you know, this is it. So, um, but again, you know, one of the right. things I. I mentioned in the book, and it's just a possibility, is that if, if there are these things like egregores or something, you know, or if I can't go into it, it's, it's, too, it's, it's, too, it's, too, it's too lengthy of a story to explain how with the Pepe, you know, thing happening, it seemed that they were making contact with something on the other side, right. you know, whatever that might be. So who knows, again, and if you're going to be thinking about how things might look from an occult point of view. There could be entities of some kind hovering on the fringes or, you know, just past the edges of our dimension. And when we're playing around with these kinds of things, and especially now at a time when the notion of reality has become unstable. So there's cracks in our ontological world and all that. And we have this new strange technology, blah, blah, blah. Maybe could possibly be, you know, these things gain an entry. And they use those who feel that they are using the powers in order to, you know, uh, carry on with their aims and purposes, but they're actually used by these, you know, it's kind of like Thulu. If you know the Thulu, you know, stories, the HP uh, Lovecraft story, where you have these kind of ancient kind of uh, beings who used to inhabit the earth and they, 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 were, they were cast off um, ages ago, but they're always hovering around waiting for ways to get back, in, get back in. And it could be, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not saying, again, this is just, I'm just yeah. vamping on these ideas. It's a possibility, oh, cool. but what, but once you once you open this particular box and you see, well, actually, you know, and and one of the things about art where we live, we live in a time where everything is plausible, but nothing is definite, and that that's that's one of the other things that aids and abets all this kind of strange stuff that's happening now. God, it's confusing reality. So, so uh, what, what are, are some, some good, good ways, ways to power my sigil? sigil? We've written a few little different things. When I first talked to you about this kind of, it was about the idea of the KLF, you know, and that right, they had right. empowered this magic, but kind of in a fun-loving kind of way. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of the way I like to think about this. So I'm just trying to get as much bang for my buck 
<laughs> essentially out of my I, I, sigil. I, I, I guess these days, like everything else, it's getting as many hits as you can on on the net, right? And having it go viral, like that's that's the that's the thing. I mean, that's Peppy went viral, you know. Right. I think there's a lot of people that are doing a variety of these kinds of things. So, it, you know, I mean, maybe if you could or, all organize and everybody at a certain yeah. time around the world focus on the sigil, uh, get everybody to accept it and organize. You know, I mean. Just one thing, I, I would say um, you might want to refine the objective of the sigil because you, he may be voted out of office, but that doesn't mean he's going to go away. Well, I was a little worried about it. I mean, that's, I, mean I, 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 I think whatever happens, it isn't going to be. That's the thing. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I never say, and I'm just saying it now as an example, I hope I never see that guy again because I might get yeah. struck, struck blind. Yeah, yeah. So, and I usually, about if I want someone to stop bothering me, I say, True. I hope he wins the lottery and yeah. moves to Tahiti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to be, just be careful, you know, I, I would say yeah, be well, careful that, of, of, about that kind well, of thing, you know, because it, 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 it get at this, both in chaos, magic and positive thinking, it's, and it's also about a realizable wish or mm-hmm. an achievable reality. Right. So it's usually, it's, it's a reality that could happen and just needs a little, you know, little little um english on it as it were but who knows i mean he's you know he's he's he may have have around him a protective aura of this this you know right imperturbable kind of positive thinking because he never says anything negative it's always upbeat and so we'll see again i'm making no predictions but i I can't be the only person wondering what's going to happen in november after this election with any kind of peaceful transfer or um you know retainment of power I, I well i might that. have to recharge my sigil with a different directive if he could <laughs> be if i can get him to lose the election and then he won't go away i might have to you know double down as it were so i'll just get you out of here on this it's like what's the best way for people to follow up on your work get your books pay attention to what you're doing those kind of things you know tell them because i'm i knew i've known about you for a long time but not everybody listening does I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'll, I'll see what I can do to help. Uh, well, I'm um, on Twitter, uh, just um, at Gary Lockman. I'm on Facebook. I am uh, have a, a blog, uh, gary.lockman.co.uk. And, um, and, you know, books are on Amazon and all that kind of thing. So I'm not that, I'm not that hard to find, but no, um, no, no. yeah. And if you, if you go to the website, you know, um, drop me a line. There's, there's a way you can leave a message and all, or on Twitter or whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've posted quite a few things recently because I'm doing a series of online talks um, this month and next month too. So. Oh, cool. Well, thank you very, thank you very much for spending some time talking. My to pleasure. Today. I really, really, I really appreciate it. It was great. And I look forward to reading many more of your books. Oh, well, thank you. Now to the magic with Shane Bugby and Miss Lillian Lux. Hello and welcome, witches. Hey, hey guys. To start, can one of you give the audience a quick 101 on sigil magic? Maybe start by describing exactly what a sigil is. So a sigil is one of the oldest forms of magic out there, but it became repopularized by chaos magic in like the 80s. But it's really just an intuitive feeling to draw a symbol that you and incorporate different meanings into. So it can be letters that you all swirl together. It can be symbols that you all layer over each other, but it becomes this magical symbol of power that you can send your energy into. 
and use it as a, a way to force your will into the world around you. Um, like force your will. I, I, think I look at a sigil <laughs> as something that is like, uh, helps, helps, uh, helps folk, uh, their awareness outgrow the linear flow of time. That's how I look at a sigil. That's how I see it. But I haven't slept a lot today. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people have like different views on like how a sigil can work. And I think it's like everyone, each and every person doesn't practice magic exactly the same way. And that's the beauty of it is that the way that a sigil works for you may not be the same way that a sigil works for me, but it is about moving and creating energy to go in a different direction than the way that it's going now, at least with this sigil that we've created. Now we're working on like blocking and binding as opposed to staying stagnant. So the sigil is kind of you guys working collectively to come up with this idea of what the sigil will be. First of all, you know what you want it to do, what you wanted to power it with. And you, then you decide what it will actually, lack of a better word, what it will look like. We had to agree on what it was going to be. Because Lily's like, hey, I don't do, and she'll tell you the list of what she don't do, what she doesn't do. And like, for me, I'm like, take the motherfucker's head off in a plane wreck. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know? And Lily's like, no, 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 dude. Don't. We all have to be careful. See, Lily, yeah, Lily, you know, like, I'm not Lily. much. Yeah, I'm not. Um, It was very important to me that I don't cause harm to others. And so what I did was calling in judgment and justice for those in power and the wrongs that they've been doing. And you know, what happens after that is all on them. <laughs> I'm, uh, so I'm not necessarily like saying like I, I have a death curse on them or anything like that. It's more of like a, you know, you, it's, it's look at it more like karma coming back around. Yeah, yeah more of a death suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I didn't mean to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Well, you can I mean, edit that out. <laughs> really? Oh, please so, think so, about so that. You guys work, so you guys work <laughs> together to essentially the idea is to make sure Donald Trump doesn't get reelected. That's, that's, that's kind of what we're hoping for. And then you, you came together on what it would look like. Explain to me how you come up with a ritual. Donald kind of, Trump not being elected is your trip. My trip is uh, anti-authoritarian okay. across the globe. Like I'm thinking bigger, dude. Like I'm, tr- I'm, I'm thinking F- that's fucking Brazil. I'm thinking fucking Russia. I'm thinking anyone that's fucking around. Like, so it's like the authoritarian <laughs> thing I'm trying to crush uh, globally. Like I, this is a, a thing about humanity, about the trees growing, you know, about our environment, you know? So my, my thought, my, my thought <clears throat> when Lily set the don'ts, I thought, okay, then this is how I see it. And I have to look at it as a, a, a pro-humanitarian kind of thing. Like, you know. But that being said, how someone chooses to use the sigil is all in their own power. Yeah. This is what well, I have chosen about that. to put That's out. That's what I'm kind of curious about. If we were to give someone I'm... a copy of the sigil and say, use this, then what's the next step? I think that depends on the person. Um, I mean your magic can be going out and tagging it on walls and in streets. Your magic can be drawing it in a book and burning it. Your magic can be 
drawing out like I did like a, the sigil in sand and doing a big ritual for it. Um, I think that it's just using it like you can doodle it next to you and have it next to you while you're filling out your ballot. There's all sorts of different ways that you need to find what feels authentic to you and be able to use it in that way. I think in order to do actual magic, magic is 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 a word, right? But it's basically having uh, extreme confidence. When you guys, well, now I under, I'm beginning to understand more and more about this, that the ritual can be your own personalized idea. My we completely together, set up our, our rituals about? completely separate. We didn't we talk. Had no yeah, contact we had, about what we okay. were doing. We were doing question. our own thing. Right. And, and, and I okay. love that how like dualistic question. they are. They're complete opposite sides of magic and it's beautiful. Yeah. And Lily was like, I don't know if you'll get anything from me. So that's it. And I was like, okay, you know, she's like, it's just, I don't know if this, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's how this goes. I was fine with that. And so, yeah, we never spoke about what we were going to do. My ritual was all based in a, I think it's called a fast food fecal contamination curse. So I got like, you know, and I, you know, Hey, donations should be coming in right now. Right. Because you guys have a lot of listeners and there's a thing set up somewhere in Act Blue for donations to me because I spent, believe it or not, there's probably $200 in fast food in this ritual. Close to it. I can believe that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's stack. I gotta, yeah. there's, there's 10 Big Macs. Wait, no. Uh, 13 cheeseburgers. A lot of secret sauce. Oh, no. But this is no joke. I had, I had nine ketchup <laughs> jugs. I had, I had nine big half gallons of ketchup. Uh, ten, nine, nine Big Macs, 13 cheeseburgers, 13 orders of fries, six shakes. And I think that was it. And so, that, you know, and I'm throwing this. Oh, okay, I'm in my apartment now. I'm, cut that out. I'm in my studio. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I'm, I, I tell my neighbors, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be loud. And, and so I, we're yelling down here and, and breaking things. And I'm throwing, I got the whole place tarped off though now. But it was great. I'm throwing these fucking malts all around the studio <laughs> and ketchup and everything. And it was like, I, I just love, you know, for me, it was like, like for me, ritual here, let me say, it's all child to me. Like going to the child, it's just like art. Got you. That's Understood. where it's at. The, the pure artists are children. The pure magicians are children. They can, the, 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 they can make you give them ice cream. They can just right, do it. Right. And so they're the ones that have that confidence or this naivete. And that's what magic is to me. So when I sit down and do it, it's like, oh, I want to have a food fight and I'm going to listen to first Motley Crue record. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, think about Ozzy Osbourne. Those are all the things when I was 13 years old that brought me into this world. Like, it's like, so that was fun. The whole fucking ritual was fun. I'm listening to Motley Crue shout at the devil. <laughs> I, I mean, I think what's, what's really interesting about that is that when, when, I think that people think about magic. They think that like, oh, you have to have some really complicated attention to detail or some connection to a higher power. But what you're saying, and what I think is great about yours is that everyone can understand a bunch of Big Mac wanting to throw hamburgers around and squirt ketchup on people so that everyone can approach this in their own way. Certainly. The chaos was beautiful. I was so happy when I saw your video. <laughs> and I have these two yeah, big five was... foot Trump heads, one's upside down, one's <laughs> up right side up, and we're smearing ketchup on them. Oh, it's fucking. But the bad thing is, honestly, that's why I got a whisper. I don't want the landlord to hear this. The ceiling's wrecked. I didn't <laughs> care about tarping the ceiling. 
but the fucking <laughs> ceiling's got ketchup and ketchup drips like a fruit roll up. So it's like, well, you know, the shit Heinz ketchup is like glue. You don't want Oh my God. I got paid oh, the ceiling before God. the landlord sees this. <laughs> we need a behind the scenes. On the flip side of this a little bit, Lily, what did you think about before you did your ritual? Like, I'm just curious how you got ready, how you got organized. And obviously Shane, we know what, it's clear what Shane went and did. He went spent a bunch of money on fast food, fast food type things, which is interesting. And uh, a lot of money. I just like to say that I donated money. Actually, it's like I had to do that to make my vision and it doesn't even come. And, and I'm expecting something from Ixnay. Actually, I'm sending you a fucking bill. I'll sue your ass if this guy wins. I hope that they, <laughs> I, hope that this, can't you, I hope you could just repurpose the sigil to just have money pour into your account. You're your right. Bitcoin account. You're right. That's what I'm going to do. Thank you. Okay, Lily, tell us a little bit about what in, went into getting ready for you to do your ritual, the kind of things that you thought about and how you executed. I don't subscribe to any particular form of magic. I've studied a lot of different backgrounds and I have over the years just pulled what works for me. And some of it is more traditional and a lot of it is intuitive where um, I did go through and like do little write-ups of like things that I wanted to say when I was calling in the archangels that I was working with. Samaya, I call upon you to enter this circle with the power of punishment and justice. Carry this ritual into reality. Be our mirror. Punish the guilty. But as far as like setting up the altar, I, I am a bit of a stickler when it comes to setting up my altar. Like I have to have my athame, I have to have some grave dirt. Um, I need, I had my sigil in the middle surrounded by five candles. Um, I also, I make spell candles. So I was using um, a candle that I had made specifically for the ritual and I also made two specific mixtures of loose incense that I burned throughout. Um, but yeah, I painted a couple banners with Fabian text of the spirits that I was guiding in to help with the ritual. And um, yeah, as far as the talking goes, like I know that it sounds pretty rehearsed, but I think I've just done rituals so many times that um, it, it's become a lot easier. <laughs> over the years where I don't have to think so deeply about it anymore. Mine broke my yeah, back. I was like, I was like uh, crippled for two days. It was. It was oh no, I was sick. I was laid out for the next week. I couldn't talk to anybody. I was like stuck in bed sleeping. I remember checking in on you and just being like, do you feel as bad as I feel right now? Because I'm fucking sorry. Uh, I am okay. exhausted. I didn't mean to drop an F bomb. <laughs> No, no, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Believe me. Okay. It's full of them all the time. So, <laughs> okay. so what I hear you guys saying, even though you haven't really said it, is that in, in pulling, in doing your ritual, it, it, you exude a lot of energy. You give up a lot of energy. Big magic universe, takes big right? energy. And okay. there are the tolls that you have to pay, which is like, even if you do guard yourself pretty well when you're practicing, like if you're working a really big ritual, like expect to be pretty exhausted. It's like a big workout, you know, like. Oh yeah. And mine are for sure physical. Like I had knee pads on, I'm smashing, I'm jumping on, the, <laughs> on my knees like a wrestler or some shit. And I don't, I don't know anything about wrestling, but that's the best I can explain it. Um, 
you know, so mine was really physical, you know, and, and the people that were here started, they're like, dude, you, you know, like I growled at one of them <laughs> and he ran out of the room. <laughs> I like that. So I guess, uh, I mean, this is pretty fascinating. We could, I could talk to you each for a long time about what you did and why you did. Cause I do think it's really, really interesting. Uh, I guess the question going forward is how do we encourage people in kind of the most easy to understand way to, to, to use it for themselves to help us? That's an interesting question. I don't know if I'd want to talk to anyone who's not encouraged at this moment in time to do something about the situation we're in, whether you're across the fucking globe or in America, this is a, a United States or in the Americas, this is a fucking awful situation. And it's, it's something like for me, a Gen Xer, we screamed about this, the end of the world shit forever. We've been telling people, this is what's on the plate. This is what's coming. And it's like, we were called conspiracy theorists at some point, but it's actually happening. You know, rivers are drying up. Shit's fascist. I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean not. I don't mean so much to get encouraged to to understand that there's a huge problem. I mean that people who are already on that side who understand that there's a problem, but don't really have any knowledge of sigil magic or using some chaos magic in this case. That like, there's obviously hesitate to use the word army, but a lot of people out there who would be receptive to going, okay, I'll do this. This can be really easy. I mean, it's like I said, it's as easy as like putting it down on a piece of paper while you're like sending in your vote and like just having something to focus your intent on and, you know, burn it with a lighter whenever you're done. It's that easy. It doesn't have to be this big spectacle, you know, like it can be something simple, simple, like you can take a Sharpie and put it on a I don't know, in a bathroom when you're in a bar. Like, I don't know if people can still go to bars right now. You can't really do that in Berlin right now. <laughs> so, Trace, I would Focusing say to, your on it. to encourage people to practice a, a personal kind of magic is to, to encourage them to masturbate, let's say, to encourage them to be sexual because magic is a very sexual thing. So it's like you're going to have fun drawing the sigil. It's fun. It's fun yeah, to I... put pen to paper or it's fun to be creative and, and do these things. That's what brings you out of your out of this linear type of thing. That's what I'm saying with this, the, the, the sigil. Like when you start doing art or anything, you start playing with these things, it takes you out of, of this made up thing that's going on around us. Well, you know, it the reason I asked into what's you... real going on, it brings you into like feeling, it's like meditation, feeling your heartbeat, feeling, feeling your sweat, feeling what's going on around you, feeling wind, all that. It's a very, you talk about mindfulness. Okay, how can I sell your audience? Ixnay mm-hmm. audience, it's mindfulness. It's 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 the highest level gotcha. of mindfulness you can you can you can achieve. Like almost, I mean, not achieve, but it's one of the highest uh, forms of practicing mindfulness. Let's say. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's what, what I like. What I get what you're saying here is so so that it can be as simple or as complicated as you want to make it. Essentially, but what we're Absolutely. trying to do is get people to recre- recreate it whether drawing it or something and being mindful about something that they want to have. Oh, Trace, that's the base. Tell me you didn't feel sexy cutting out that, that stencil that you put on your shirt of our sigil. It's, it's, it makes you, yeah, I did. I did. Well, I spray painted it. I spray painted a few places first and that was a little more fun, 
cutting out stencils takes a little more time. Every okay. time I make one of those, I think about halfway through, I'm like, why did I do this? Not because of the stencil. But, just but you're spray painting them around town. It makes you feel, you know, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's like putting on makeup or put, you know, doing your hair up or putting on some glasses, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a sexy feeling. Well, especially something like this. I, I'll tell you why I find it interesting is like, I've always been in kind to into graffiti and things like that is when you're spraying something like that and other people don't really know what it means. They don't know what it means. So it's like your own kind of secret thing in mm -hmm. public though, but you're right there with people. Like the other day I was with it, just spray painting it on the ground, right in front of people. I mean, people in New York don't pay that much attention to what you do. And, and just, I'm knowing what it's for, but if someone asks me, I'm happy to share, you know, what my intent was. It at the raises moment. questions. Yeah. And I, I just want people to be interested enough to do it without being worried, because I think that there are these that I think maybe this is what I should ask you is like, why should people not be afraid of magic if they should ever be afraid of it? I mean, they I just think be. that that's a they should be. I oh, think if your intent is pure, you shouldn't be worried. Well, you, you have okay. every reason to be worried about magic. I do I'm think concerned. that you should be careful. Absolutely. But I think with if it's got a good cause and you're not. I think I think where it gets tricky is if you're causing ill will upon someone, that's where you need to worry. Yeah. And that was why with my with my own perception of the sigil and what I was putting into it when creating it was calling upon the forces of judgment and justice, like I said, because these are things that you basically brought upon yourself anyway. So and I followed I like that. I followed Lily's lead on the sigil. She had the lead of all of this. And so that, that that's true. But I think people should be afraid of magic in in a way. It's that, not. Yeah, that they I should agree be afraid of, of, of anyone that's confident in what they're going to do in their fight. And, and, and anyone who's opposing the sigil should be afraid. There's a force that's coming for you. And, and we're going to eat you alive. Like, that's how I see it. Like. <laughs> you're not going to survive this. You should be worried. You should be a turncoat right now and start using that sigil because you're not going to, it's just yeah. humanity and, and, and the idea that people can be who they want to be and all that stuff is going to, going to survive. That's what's going to happen here. You're yeah. not going to be pushed into a so, 1930s. So an, old, an old, so an old friend of mine, he, I showed it to him and he was like, Trace, you got to be careful with this kind of stuff because I used to really be into magic. And then my guy who taught me all about it murdered. And that's what I kind of started going, oh, well, maybe I should just focus this down on this one thing, keeping Donald Trump from getting reelected. I have, believe me, I would love to turn it loose on all kinds of people. But I mean, what, is that, but what does that mean, thing. keeping Donald Trump from being reelected? Saying that alone without this intent of I don't want him to die means his plane can crash and he doesn't get reelected. So it's like, yeah. no, it's it's I like personally don't really care what happens with how he doesn't get elected or if he just loses the campaign no, either, or how no. it happens. But as long as it happens, I'm happy. So that's yeah. where like the judgment well, and justice well, comes in where it's like, it can be taken in a lot of different forms. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what people are asking me. So you would wish that something really bad would happen to him. I, those I people, said, I don't really care. Do those people listen? I don't really to, care. Do those people listen to this podcast? Uh, some of them, maybe. But I would like these are just separate. I would like you to, to convey the message that if there's not any donations in the tip jar, they should be worried about magic. That's what we're saying. That's what I'm saying. Shane's going to get them. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. if I don't get this my sigil can be repurposed for whichever he wants. If we can I don't get my per diem and my fucking set build re refer, you know, 
Magic's no, coming we're... back on someone. I don't know who yet. I mean, listen, you but... could just mail the magic straight to Jason's apartment. You know where he oh, is. Oh, Jason's cool. You guys are cool. But people should be <laughs> donating to your podcast. People should be supporting this stuff. You guys are supporting it with your time. I, I... A lot of time and effort has gone into this oh. on all levels. You guys with your podcast, me and Shane... All of this is a lot of time and effort. And yeah, I think that unlike I agree artists with that, that. Yeah, unlike artists that ask for support and don't get it and then, then just die. Uh, the, the witches, we, we're, we're telling you, if you're not going to support us, you need to worry about the magic. And, and Lily has a cool uh, whiplash leathers on Instagram where she sells her candles. I would suggest getting them. They sell out quick. And well, that uh, seems like a good way to support for sure. Oh, yeah, you're so sweet. Thank you. I have a store. I have a store, but I'm not. I don't yeah. want to sell. I, you know. You know what you need to do is put money in the tip jar. I just served you a yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah. We put that all with the podcast. That's all comes in the show notes, as they say. I I actually wasn't worried, but but then when you guys were working on the thing, and then all of a sudden Donald Trump got COVID, I thought, holy shit. I thought this thing is really out into the wild. Now there's nothing we can do to turn it back. And I told Jason, I said, man, I don't know, man, this, not that I wanted to turn it off, but I was like, maybe we shouldn't brag about having done it in case he drops dead. Even though I wouldn't have sweat it one second if he dropped dead. Not at all. Don't get me wrong about that. But <laughs> I, was I was kind like, of upset that he wasn't sick longer than he was. <laughs> what, what was that? Yeah, was that? I'm really? still... <laughs> I didn't hear that. What was that, Lily? What I said, said I was bummed that he was wasn't sick longer than he was. True, yeah, that's was okay. Though. That, that was what happened. So, so this this is exactly what happened. He went to the hospital, and I was like, "Oh fuck! Wow, this shit really fucking knocking for a loop." But then he got well so fast. I was like, "No, fuck it. I'm back in. <laughs> Let's get back on this." So, I guess my one of my kind of last questions, or anything that you guys want to tell me about how to square all this, I, I was just thinking the other day it would be cool if we could get someone to do one in every 50 states and then all 50 states come together into one big push against Donald Trump by election day. I like that. Your, would be fantastic. I like how you see it as coverage versus the states. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a cool way to link things. Yeah, I just think that maybe we could re- try and find someone in every state who's willing to do that. And we collect them all together, like maybe so, photographs of them all. It could be like a simple slideshow of like 50 states. Oh, yeah. You know, that everybody, that. the United the United States is, or we could call it United anything, oh, come shit. together. This could be an art show. You're right. All right. So, so I think all of us can make an effort to encourage other people to use it, just friends that we know, friends, family, or maybe is there a way that we can get on the super highway of people who would be amenable to the cause, you know, both people who believe in witchcraft and also people who are political partisans or whatever, who might be willing I to, to share. Cause I think we need a good plan. The first, I really couple, thought about, Oh, sorry, go ahead. The first couple hundred people that, that do the sigil and give us photos. We're, I'm, we are Ixnay pack is sending out these witchcraft pins that I made. They're really nice enamel pins and they are of a, of a value, a pin of value. <laughs> and, and then you'll get other propaganda from Ixnay, but there will actually be a value in the envelope. <laughs> I invite each and every one of you that feels so inclined to use this sigil to do so in any way that you see fit to help push this election into the direction that we want it to go. Get R- Trump out of office. Yeah, perfect. yeah, that's beautiful. That's it. Yeah, that's perfect. Shane, give us a give us a wild one that we should do. I like I like Shane's craziness, but you it got it yeah. got interrupted there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shane, what? Do, 
Whoa, whoa, Sorry, whoa, 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 whoa. Crazy. What do you want to tell? Well, I, mean, I have been diagnosed and I am not crazy. People call no, me this all the time and they call me that because of uh, my ADD or something like that. I'm not I crazy. Crazy. I said craziness. What I want you to do okay. is implore people to do something crazy with it. I want you. Oh. Lily gave them like, okay, do the Lily sounds like I'm telling well, people. Well, you can, I you know, use, I would say do, do implore some sex magic on it. You know, put it on the mattress and fuck. <laughs> that's it. That's what I would say. Put some sex magic in it. And, and, and that's, that's how I would roll. You know, take a, take a marker, draw it on your fucking sheets. You know, which is, which is more finest fun, Egyptian. sex magic or chaos magic? Well, why not combine them? Like it can be as easy as like drawing it on a piece of paper and coming on it as well. Like if you don't have a partner, don't feel like you can't participate. Yeah, I just said sex. No. Yeah. Yeah. You. <laughs> my son doesn't hear this. Well, guys, I want to thank you very much for talking to me. I, I feel like I understand it a lot better and getting this starting the getting the ball rolling on this whole project. And I'm going to tell people to put some money in the tip jar. I'm telling yeah. people tip. You got to tip your tip your Let's, magician. Let's tell them there's consequences. There's consequences. Just let let them know. You don't even tell them there's consequences for an empty tip jar. You know, when people, when the, when the lady reads your palms at the palm reader, the good ones always just say, just, just leave something. And people are usually afraid. So they leave a little extra because they're like, yeah, you know, I don't want any funky mojo and they should be afraid. So just tip your witch. Yeah. Tip your witch. Love that. Tip your witch or else. (laughs) Hell ixnay pack. <laughs> we can put some back masking in there and just like, please do say whatever we want. <laughs> Programming note on Sunday, October 25th at 9 PM Eastern time, we'll be hosting a gathering on Instagram live for anyone interested in helping us use sigil magic to derail Donald Trump's presidency. That's October 25th at nine Eastern on Instagram live. Save the date. Prepare to magic. So as we approach the final stretch of the Ixnay project, knock on wood, I'd like to thank everyone for listening, supporting, playing along, and of course, voting. It's been a slog, but if you're out on your bike tonight, spray painting the sigil around your particular town, remember, the nature of your oppression is the aesthetic of our anger. Ixnay. Oh yeah, just play the whole damn song. I was tired of this winning. We've been losing too long. Maga bullshit from beginning. Was time for Trump to be gone. With every day I could be feeling, a thought crept into my head. Instead of burning down DC, I wrote these lyrics instead. You like subpoena coladas and getting caught in Ukraine. If you're pushing General War to wreck what's left of DOJ. If you like tweeting out at midnight and ignoring your fate. Josie answer you've looked for, just endorsing and snake. A hero, I hate to ruin.